I tried to get up early to record this thing, but it just wasn't going to happen. So it's going to have to be basically a podcast that consists of two parts. One of me in a car, the other part of me in a truck. So, uh, yeah, let's go. It is your boy, D-Roy. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13 and over on Facebook, Dennis M. Roy over there for the time being. Oh, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, So basically what's happening is that work is not wanting me to... Uh, do this whole fantasy thing. That's why they keep uh, giving me way too many fucking hours. 13-hour shift on Monday coming off of a weekend where I did nothing but fantasy football work. Um, I was tired of shit. I actually went to bed early on on Sunday, uh, earlier than what I'm used to. And, uh, yeah, so it was a good thing because that was a long day yesterday. Um, went to bed at 8 o'clock in all hopes of getting up at midnight uh, to record this podcast that I'm actually doing now in my own personal vehicle. Uh, It wasn't happening. My body looked at me and basically said, nah, brah, nah, you're going to sleep. So got up at my regular time at 1 o'clock. Sucks. I'd rather, I wish that I'd had this done already. But it is what it is. A bunch of stuff that's going on in the National Football League, the big thing uh, that actually occurred tonight. And if I actually would have recorded this at a normal time, we never would have known about it, uh, was the resignation of John Gruden from Las Vegas over his emails from 11 years ago. Uh, Made some disparaging comments about... um, D. Morris Smith, the uh, head of the NFL Players Association, Players Union, uh, while at ESPN, mind you, not with the National Football League. So, um, yeah, basically Gruden got canceled. Should he have made the comments that he made? Should he have written the comments that he made? No. Am I going to repeat the comments? No. But does this feel like a forced resignation? Does this feel like cancel culture? Absolutely. Um, Pretty much anything uh, that happens now, whether it is in current in current form or in 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 your past. You're going to be canceled. It is what it is. No matter. And it does not matter. If you had anything racist to say. If you made homophobic comments. um, Anything against, you know, transgender people. uh, Even, you know, disparaging sexual comments uh, towards a female. Maybe even a male. Who knows? 
I don't know if I have female listeners either. Um, <clears throat> you take the risk of getting canceled at some point. Now, of course, most people won't get canceled because you're not in a high-profile position as, say, Gruden was as the head coach. But you really have to watch what you say. You really have to watch what you're, what, what you're typing, writing down. Even if it's a even, even if it's a joke, I know there's a whole bunch of people that are just, oh, I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. Yeah, but you need to make sure that you're not, you're not trying to be the comedian that you're not. And you need to watch your mouth. That's just the world that we live in. That's what it's come, come to. You're going to be judged for the last for the last comment that you've said, but in all fairness, maybe he wasn't really the co- the right coach for the Vegas Raiders. Um, it did make some improvements though, but overall, the body of work wasn't that great. So. Adios to John Gruden. We'll see what happens there. Uh, what is going to happen as far as the team is concerned? Are they going to go to a free fall or is this going to kind of galvanize the team? Don't know. Don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see what happens in the first game back. But uh, had a couple of injuries within the National Football League. Uh, The biggest one that everybody knows about, of course, is Saquon Barkley. Uh, Low ankle sprain, but still going to keep him out, uh, as they've said, two to four weeks, I believe. Um, So that means Devontae Booker's on the table. He's going to be the main guy that you're going to want to get, especially if if you're a Saquon Barkley owner and you didn't have him already. Um, <clears throat> how much would I put on him? I mean, it's pretty much depends on your need at running back. I would probably go as far to say, for me, I wouldn't put anything more than 20% on him. Um, but those bids are going to be higher. You're going to be looking at 30 to 40% bids, if not more, uh, to get Booker. The New York Giants really kind of ran with him once Daniel Jones went down with a concussion just before the end of the first half. (laughs) I don't know what the hell he was doing, why he wasn't protecting himself a little bit better on that run uh, to get concussed, but good Lord. Considering the fact that the New York Giants lost not only Barkley, not only Daniel Jones, but Kenny Galladay, team is just it's 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 in the free fall spiral now we did have we did have uh, a good look a really good look at Kadarius Tony he was a guy that I wrote up uh, for cheap value he went off for I believe it was 100, 100 like 179 yards on 10 catches I believe it was 12 or 13 targets for 10 receptions. 179 yards. That's what I was seeing uh, the week before. Just the talent level that the rookie had, and if he had the opportunity, which he was going to get uh, this week, this last week with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton out. So that's why I really kind of focused on him. But. Um, we have to move on. We have to go on to the other running back. Clyde Edwards Alaire was out for, uh, for four to six weeks. MCL sprain. It's the same type of sprain that happened to one David Montgomery. So we're taking a look at Darrell Williams. I call him Darrell Williams. But uh, 
Daryl Williams is really kind of the guy that I want. Uh, if you can't get a hold of him, then you're getting a hold of Jarek McKinnon. Now, Daryl Williams is going to be another one. It's probably going to be 40 to 50% of your budget. Now, if you still have the full 100 he would be the guy that you would want to spend the $50 on. Or, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. If you got a full 100, 100% budget, you're spending 50%. So it's going to cost you probably 45 to $50. It's just how it is. You're going to get four to six weeks, buy a week in there. You're going to have, should have a nice run with him in there. He's looked good in the playoffs last year. Uh, end of last season when Clyde Edwards-Alaire was kind of failing everybody as a rookie. So definitely a guy that I want to get my hands on. If not, get your hands on some Jarek McKinnon, but you're not going to have to spend nearly as much, of course. You're looking at probably, you know, 2 to 5% of your budget to get Jarek McKinnon. <clears throat> but... Uh, See what are the other injuries? I know I'm going to miss something. I know Max Williams for for uh, Arizona, who nobody had, you know, nobody's really had or anything like that. Tore his knee. We saw that one live um, on Sunday for the Arizona Cardinals. That was a terrible, terrible injury. Um, a player not injured, but. Uh, probably soon going to be is one rookie quarterback Justin Fields if you have Justin Fields on your team you are not starting him until the Bears can prove that they cannot get this kid killed um, everybody wants to look at his performance and be like oh it was just it was a shitty performance you know rookie performance no the Bears really don't know what the fuck they're doing with that kid they really don't. They don't set up any protections. They don't set up any schemes to where he's rolling out, getting out of pressure situations. They're just leaving him out, you know, hung out to dry. And that is really, really terrible. So, Justin Fields, you cannot start him right now. You cannot start him until they prove they know what the fuck they're doing with him. Oh, another injury that I just I just uh, read about too was uh, Trey Lance has a sprained knee. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, is it's not just Garoppolo, right? It's not just Garoppolo that's going to keep getting hurt for this team. Um. So yeah. Not a terrific performance by Trey Lance by any stretch of the means. Did have eight over eighty yards rushing, um, so there was a po- there was a positive. But in reality, I mean, you just really cannot start the rookie quarterbacks. You just can't. If you're relying on that in seasonal, then uh, you might as well just go ahead and just quit. Thank you for your donations to the league. Oh my goodness. I think that's pretty much it as far as injuries are concerned. I know there's some guys that went questionable today, but I mean it's it's Monday. What do you want? Or it was Monday. So they're gonna come out. Oh Quintez Cephas of the Detroit Lions is trying to figure out what the hell happened to Quintez Cephas. Broken collarbone, out for the year. So that's one more pass target down for Jared Goff. I will probably now officially stay out of the Detroit passing game, even though there's going to be more passes for Amon Ross St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, uh, just out of necessity. Really the main focus is going to be on uh, th- three, four players if you're playing in Superflex, of course. Jared Goff and Superflex. TJ Hawkinson at tight end. And then the two run- running backs. DeAndre Swift, number one. Jamal Williams, number two. 
outside of that, I am not going to try and be cute with these Detroit wide receivers, which is turning into a humongous mash unit. Oh, but, uh, yeah, as far as the weekend goes, the quarterbacks just sucked in the write-up. Let's just face pure and hard fact. I mean, Joe Burrow was serviceable enough, which is great. Kyler Murray failed. Daniel Jones, of course, got concussed, so it's kind of an incomplete, but you have to take the fail on it. Um, Derek Carr failed. I don't know what Vegas was trying to accomplish, but whatever it was, they did not do a good job of it. Um, wrote up Trey Lance, but that was super risky, so that wasn't much of a you know, pass-fail in there. Actually, I think he did end up passing uh, by the slimmest of margins just because he had the 80 yards rushing. Um... Trevor Lawrence, fail. That James Robinson, <laughs> James Robinson looked good. I had, James Robinson was one of my last guys. There were so many running backs I liked this week. And it was really hard. That was the hardest part to kind of figure out where I wanted to go was that running back. That's where I spent the most time. Um... James Robinson was like a last man out, one of the last couple guys out. I really liked, I really liked Robinson in that matchup. But again, you, we can't trust Urban Meyer. That's why I can't do Trevor Lawrence. I can't trust his coaching staff. They have absolutely no fucking clue what to do. They're almost as bad as the Bears, except that they're getting production. So, I don't know what was going on with their passing game, why they feel the need to get older veterans involved. Carlos Hyde, Tavon Austin. Like, what the fuck is going on? They apparently disciplined LaVisca Chenault. That's what happened to him. They had He was benched to, like, open the game. This isn't college, motherfucker. You can't just go ahead and bench your fucking players like that. You can't. Especially a fucking week after you were out gallivanting around, fucking around in Columbus, Ohio, and you didn't get sat down. You got the stern talking to. But seriously... Seriously, Urban Meyer, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Don't know what happened to Marvin Jones. Nothing. I'm actually, that's one of the games that um, I'm going to take the time to actually go look through and find out what the exact fuck was going on. Houston looked pretty good for a while. They gave the Patriots a game. The funny part is, is Damien Harris was one of the guys I was looking at. He kind of saved himself with a touchdown. I did not want to do Damien Harris whatsoever. Uh, with the four down offensive lineman, that's a big fucking deal. He did not, if he did not get the touchdown, he was not having a decent day. Now, he also had the fumble, and that's why... I mean, it's there was something that was completely lining up for the the Houston front seven, and then the when the offensive lineman went down, that's just what kind of solidified it for me. And just going, no, you know, the guy doesn't catch any passes, and that's what you got to be careful of is the guys who do not catch passes. That's why I was treating Nick Chubb with kids' gloves. I did say Nick Chubb was in play, um, but I like Kareem Hunt more. I think they actually kind of evened out. Um, But, yeah, yet another game where 
you could have started both Cleveland Browns running backs in that one. But we're going to get to Cleveland L.A. Chargers. Um, I totally missed on that one just for the plain simple fact that I didn't take the shot on that game. But, um, yeah, quarterbacks were bad. Uh, Dak Prescott came through, which uh, I had said you could you could pair up Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Zeke Elliott, who also came through. Um, those were fine. Najee Harris was good. <clears throat> um, I'm not going to take all the credit on that one, but uh, man, oh man, Dalvin Cook. Did not play. So what did we do? I said, Dalvin Cook is out. Happens to be out. And I'm really glad that I wrote that out. If he happens to be out, and I thought he was going to be in, but if he happened to be out, you had to insert Alexander Madison in cash. You just had to. Certain matchups, and we've, we've talked about this in the past, a lot of times when the filling guy comes in, the backup comes in, I will tend to fade that backup. All depends on the team. All depends on the player. Alexander Madison is an all right running back. Minnesota has been getting the job done on the ground. The offensive line has been getting a push. So when Detroit is the 32nd run defense... 32nd in points allowed to the RB position. I think that number's right. It might be at 25. But any which way. Excellent matchup. A matchup where the defense is not going to stop this offensive line, this Minnesota offense, at all. You have to plug him in. You just have to. It's been, <clears throat> I've been seeing on. I was seeing online. Oh, Alexander Madison was a bad play. He's not. A, he's not that great. He's not a great player. He is actually a really good running back. And now this year, he's had two opportunities to get the job done in place of Dalvin Cook, and he's gotten the job done in both times. So he is a backup that we can trust in case this happens again with Dalvin Cook. But like I said, I don't trust every pivot to the backup. That was a hell of a that was a hell of a pivot though in that one. I had a couple of GPP lineups that had Dalvin Cook in them and I was just like, uh you mean I got to take him out? That is terrible. That is just absolutely terrible. But it is what it is. Um, it was a good pivot. Good pivot. Leonard Fournette, value play. Uh, still would have worked out. I had Leonard Fournette actually everywhere uh, until the Dalvin Cook news. Then I switched to Alexander Madison. So I was running three men, three, uh, the two main core running backs that I had was, were Alexander Madison and Damian Williams for the Bears. Damian Williams looked pretty good. Khalil Herbert got in there. He got a lot of touches as well. Um, most of that came later when they were pretty much, you know, the Bears defense was handling that Oakland offense, or oh my god, I call them Oakland, was handling that uh, Vegas offense uh, pretty handedly. So they weren't in any real fear of losing that game. And just so you are well aware, yes, I am going to pause it here when I get back. It's going to get fucking loud. It's going to get loud because I'll be in the truck, which is fun. Okay, so now I'm back. 
Now I'm in the truck. You'll notice it's a little bit noisier. So I'm going to try and talk a little bit louder. But uh, I don't even remember where the fuck I was at where I left off. But looking at next week, um, before we go into anything further, remember Atlanta, New Orleans, New York Jets, and 49ers are all on by. So we have to kind of navigate through there. We're starting, you know, our bye weeks here in week six. It's a little bit later. Those will be going on all the way through week 14. So anything that happens as far as, you know, with those teams, be careful with the fab if you're bidding on any guys out of there. Like, if Corderell Patterson happens to still be there, um, he's definitely a guy that you probably at this point are going to want, but you're not going to be able to utilize him next week. So if your team is struggling, like let's say you're 0-5, 1-4, 2-3, probably going to want to get a guy that's going to actually help your team now versus in two weeks. I will go over uh, I'll have the DVOA target the DVOA strength and schedule sheet done tonight. Uh, so we'll be able to go through some guys uh, to take care of to kind of maybe take a look at for the teams that are on by in week seven. Uh, guys that you probably will not have to worry about in terms of fab budget, uh, waiver wire, uh, or not waiver wire, but uh, priority uh, on your waiver wire, wasting that um, for the next week so you can kind of plan ahead. We'll take a look at kind of the defenses and stuff too. I'm hoping to get that podcast out tonight if I can. Just as a short one, uh, we'll go through the DVOA sheet. Uh, once I have it finished, get all the numbers. Because this route, I should be done earlier. Uh, it's raining, so I'm not going to be able to really do anything outside uh, in terms of housework. So that only benefits us. But uh, we had the Sunday night game. Buffalo just absolutely annihilated the shit out of the Chiefs. The Chiefs look just really kind of out of sorts. I do believe that the team is strong enough to, you know, put it together. Um, but they're definitely a concern. The whole Dawson Knox thing. Now, I have taken a look at the target sheet. Yeah, I took a look at that yesterday. I uh, still have to enter the Baltimore Indianapolis data, but and then that one will be out. But, um, the thing with Buffalo, this thing with Dawson Knox, where he is all of a sudden on the rise, that is really taking away from one Cole Beasley in the slot, and we need to be well aware of that, because Buffalo, I think, is on the main slate this week, if I'm not mistaken. So, Dawson Knox is taken away from Cole Beasley, we need to keep that in the back of our heads when we look, because if we see any really good data... Uh, from whomever they're facing. I don't have the matchups. I can't look it up. Otherwise, it shuts down the podcast itself. So I'll handle that. I'll handle that kind of this week. But um, Dawson Knox really taken away from Cole Beasley. So if we get a good slot matchup, even if the tight end matchup doesn't look good, uh, I have said that I kind of look at that data between slot wide receivers and tight ends and kind of work with it to kind of decipher if a team is, say, has a bad tight end matchup but has a good slot wide receiver matchup, but it's a better than average tight end, I kind of skew towards the tight end a little bit sometimes, especially if it has a weak slot wide receiver, which it just really seems like they're phasing Cole Beasley out. Could be wrong on that, but the way that I've looked at it the last two weeks 
Josh Allen is really focused on Dawson Knox. That was the guy that get uh, last week, if not the week before. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Baltimore came back against Indianapolis. Indianapolis got up big uh, in terms of Indianapolis, at least. And Baltimore came back and won that game. A lot of moxie with that team. Defense is not good. Jonathan Taylor had a pretty decent game. Uh, Carson Wentz actually had a had a decent game for Carson Wentz. So don't be afraid to attack Baltimore. And if Baltimore, and we do know that Baltimore can play along. Um, so whatever happened against Detroit, it, it kind of just is what it is. Uh, Detroit's fighting hard. They're trying to get those wins, uh, but they keep losing at the last second. Uh, in consecutive weeks, so, um, God, what can I bring up? Tight ends were not this that good this week, at least not from what I wrote up. Outside of say, Hunter Henry for New England, that was the spot that I had said. You know, he was on the field more, seemed to be building up a good rapport with one uh, Mac Jones. And that's really taken away a little bit, I've noticed, from Jacoby Myers. So Hunter Henry, if you're really hurting at tight end, might not be a guy that uh, you want to look away from. I like him over Jonu Smith now. I did like Jonu Smith earlier uh, in the season and in preseason. thought that he would be more of a guy that they would split out, leaving Hunter Henry in to block more. But it seems that Hunter Henry is really taking the... Uh, higher workload, higher snap share, and running with it. So, yeah, Hunter Henry is really a guy that we want to focus on at tight end this week. Um, Not much else from the New England side at all. Uh, Chris Moore, going back to that game as well, Chris Moore on the other side was just, you know, we're going to have these fluke TDs from the Houston side. Davis Mills actually did not have that bad of a game, but it is still Davis Mills. Uh, depending upon the matchup, I will probably still attack Houston with a defense, waiting for another Davis Mills implosion. It's not something his his performance is not something that can be sustained, in my opinion. So we'll take full advantage of that in the coming weeks. That New York-Dallas game, uh, New York in complete disarray. Looks like Dallas is going to be the real deal. Cornerback Trevon Diggs is just having himself one hell of a start to the season. Uh, Whether or not that can be sustainable is really kind of the question. I mean, you get seven interceptions in the first five games. Nine times out of ten, that does not hold. Um, I will still attack Trayvon Diggs in the right spots because it's going to be something that people are not going to be willing to do. Kenny Galladay, of course, got hurt, so we didn't get a full game of stats. Wasn't really doing all that much, but Trayvon Diggs definitely follows that number one around. And that's something that we also have to watch because... That builds up opportunities for the second, for a secondary tertiary options for whatever team is facing the Dallas Cowboys. Still wouldn't attack them on the ground with a running back. Uh, would have been better, you know, for the Giants if Saquon Barkley would have been able to stay on the field, but it just didn't happen that way. So it is what it is. Packers, Cincinnati. I mean. The end of that, the ending of that game, uh, win or lose, or I guess draw, because they could have tied at the end of overtime. It was borderline laughable, just how much you know they these two teams could not get a field goal. You had three, like three straight misses from Mason Crosby, and. Two misses from, I believe it's Chase McLaughlin, but they could be wrong. 
because those him and the guy from Cincinnati have similar names, so I kind of get them mixed up. But any which way, the kicker from Cincinnati <laughs> hit the flag on the pole on the field goal post, and the thing I was really watching was not that I think there's going to be any struggles between these two kickers if you do play in a league that does allow kickers, but the if you notice on there, both kickers were pushing off to the same side of the stadium. So you end up on the one end zone, it would always push off to the left. You'd be on the other side of the field on the in the other end zone and the ball would push off to the right. So something was going on in there that you just couldn't tell with some kind of wind whipping around, stirring the pot a bit, and forcing these kickers uh, to not be on their game. So not worried about the kicking game whatsoever, but you know Joe Burrow should have had a better game uh, than what he did against his Packers defense. I will commend the Packers defense just for the plain simple fact of uh, them being able to keep the Packers in this game. The offense wasn't working really on all cylinders. Um, although, really, if, if you take the fact that they did have three more field goal opportunities, the Packers offense actually did not do that bad, even be behind that makeshift line. Now, I still stand by using the Cincinnati defense. They did get an interception. They got a couple of sacks. They actually were not horrible. So Cincinnati's defense is pretty good. Most of it comes from the front seven and the safeties uh, trying to help out those weak corners. But I did say it. Devontae Adams was going to should beast out against either Trey Waynes or um, oh my god I forgot the name of the other corner oh this is why I hate doing this without a, that spreadsheet in front of me but any which way knew they were going to really heavily rely on Devontae Adams to keep him in that game and try and win that game uh, Jamar Chase call was a no brainer uh, lining up at times against Kevin King. Now you'll notice it's exactly what I said. St- Eric Stokes, the rookie, was playing pretty good. Wasn't going to be able to be beat as easily. That came into fruition. Uh, T. Higgins, I don't think, did terrible in his first game back. Um, but it was really kind of more of the Jamar Chase show. Uh, in this matchup. Now, if I go to the Cleveland Chargers game, or Browns Chargers, thanks, uh, thanks, warning sound. Um, but if you look at that, if you look at that Cleveland LA game, I couldn't put my finger on it. I knew Chubb and Hunt were going to be good because we like running backs especially pass-catching running backs against the L.A. Chargers. They're having the same issues as what they were having last season. Now, the curious thing that I have to really look into is why David Njoku was so involved. Now, I like the tight end. I can't remember to save my life. I believe I wrote up Austin Hooper or took him out at the last minute. One of the two things. For some odd reason, there's no targets to any tight ends outside of David and Joku. Wait, there might have been one to Harrison Bryant. I'd have to take a look at that. But David and Joku, you know, over 100 yards receiving touchdown, had a long, like, 70-yard reception uh, for a touchdown against the Chargers. Like tight ends against the L.A. Chargers. You're going to see that DVOA number fucking skyrocket this week. Um, so we got to be careful. We can't just go to tight end against the L.A. Chargers. Depending, depends upon who they're playing. We will take a look at that. Uh, but like I said, I, I need to take a look. I need to find out. That's one thing that I had written down that I needed to look at was 
what was going on between Austin Hooper and David Njoku that put David Njoku that makes it look like David Njoku was the only tight end involved. Um, that's really kind of that's really kind of the concern for me. It's not David Njoku's. Uh, himself. I like David Njoku. He's a really good uh, tight end. He's been raw for a couple of years. We thought maybe he would take the next step. And then they had, the uh, Cleveland Browns had brought in Austin Hooper last year. So can you take a shot on David Njoku? Yes. If you can, before I get to my next pod, Take a look on there. See if there's an injury to Austin Hooper. Because if there is, then that would be the reason why I would pick up David Njoku this week. That and only that. And you're going to want to have Austin Hooper be out for uh, a fairly decent time. So, because if Austin Hooper is only out for, like, say, if something happened, he was only out for a week due to an injury, whatever, COVID, whatnot, then David Njoku is not really a guy that I want because he's still going to end up sharing that workload between him and Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper. So that's something to definitely look at, something to definitely consider. Um, the <sighs> Couldn't go with Baker Mayfield whatsoever. Did not like the... Uh, wide receivers. I'm not picking up Rashad Higgins, even though he's had a couple of good games in a row. Still not trusting it. Uh, we should have Jarvis Landry back sometime here pretty soon. Uh, that's why I'm kind of holding off. Now, Baker Mayfield would pop up back on my uh, radar in a good matchup if Jarvis Landry was there. But we need Jarvis Landry there, a really good wide receiver to kind of offset uh, coverage off of Odell Beckham, who teams really are trying to shut down. But that kind of is what it is with that with that line. The defense, boy, defense with Cleveland. Um, the thing with Cleveland's defense and the... I'm really kind of kicking myself because I Denzel Ward should have been covering uh, Mike Williams. In, in this case, I believe he was covering Mike Williams. Denzel Ward has not been the shutdown corner as what he has in the past couple of seasons. That shows up in that data chart. So if you look at last week's spreadsheet or if you look at the DVOA spreadsheets, and you look at the wide receiver one DVOA versus the Cleveland Browns, you'll notice I believe it was somewhere around 25, 26. So it's like really bad, which means that Denzel Ward's been getting beat. So really upset that I just didn't trust I didn't trust the numbers on there. Uh, did go with Keenan Allen. He did all right. Uh, slots slot wide uh, wide receivers are pretty decent against uh, uh, the Cleveland Browns. That's why I knew L.A. was going to be able to keep up in the game. Now, the point total of like the 47 to 42, that I did not see. I did not see an offensive explosion in that game. Uh, I believe my buddy Steve Renner was actually on that um, game, which is fantastic. Um, but I'm really kick, I'm really kicking myself for not see for not trusting that Mike Williams, uh, Austin Eckler. You know I'm on I, I've been on Austin Eckler all season, uh, but against this Cleveland front, wasn't really on it. The problem is I. It's not really a problem. I need to go back and take a look and see who. Cleveland has faced in terms of running backs. And this is a good lesson, too. Every single player that I might list or who you might be looking at, you need to look at who the opponents are. 
um, and who they faced. Because if they faced shittier run defenses or run offenses, my bad, then that's what's really keeping their numbers down. And then maybe that's still a spot that maybe we should be looking at. Maybe not in terms of cash, but in terms of, like, say, GPP. It could be something that nobody else is looking at or very few are looking at. I can't say nobody's looking at in terms of DFS because there's so many companies, so many good people uh, who put out information out there. But that's something that I really need to do a better job of. Um, I, like I said, I, I and I, I, I don't use my job as an excuse, but it is kind of hindering me being able to get everything out in a timely fashion. I really want to get those spread, that spreadsheet out. Spreadsheet should be out, you know, Wednesday nights, so we can talk about it on Thursday. You know, I don't have to sit there and spend time building, uh, finishing up building that spreadsheet each and every week, which. I can't get ahead any more than where I'm at because it's completely set up with the formulas. It's just entering the data in there. Uh, taking away from that is building that that strength of schedule sheet, but it, that I do deem as an important feature to get out on Tuesdays um, in case somebody has uh, waiver days on Wednesdays, which I prefer because then you can actually use the chart and you can make your own decisions uh, make a little bit more calculated decisions based off the numbers on whether or not you want to do a pickup or not. But the whole plan has been get the DVOA sheet, uh, strength of schedule done on Tuesday, get the spreadsheet itself done on Wednesday nights. So then all I have to do on Thursday is basically do the first run podcast on there. We can get the names entered, and then I can take more effort on Friday, take a couple hours, start you know paring it down even more, or calling down, I should say, the players more from there, and uh, really being able to have the write-ups done Saturday morning. You know, if I get the player, if I can get a player list primarily finished on Friday, then I can have the write-up done in the morning and be done by noon. Have a podcast out, and then you know, have just a shitload of time to not only build my lineups, answer any questions that anybody has. That's the goal. That's the goal that I have set. I have not been able to reach this goal since uh, week one but trust me I'm working on it I'm trying to get it done trying to make everything better get more podcast I want to have more podcasts out it's just when you do the podcast you can't really do anything else unless I'm having a general chat on stuff which I don't really want to do I want to have something that's focused and everything's ready to go for everybody. Um, I had to finish up target data yesterday. Wanted to have that done so I can get that finished up right away when I get home after work. Have that done. Get that sent out. And focus on the data on data that's coming in from football outsiders possibly uh, getting the stuff done from Pro Football Focus. So, really, um, the key, I think, is trying to get, say, tonight, trying to get as much of the, in terms of spreadsheet, trying to get the matchups done if I can get to a point where I can get the matchups done with the, you know, wide receivers, cornerbacks matchup, if I can get that done, that's the basic plus. Um, I'm going to take a lot, a lot harder look at what PFF is doing, too, with their cornerback wide receiver matchups. Because um, I let them kind of run this week. I thought wide receiver actually turned out pretty okay. 
um, outside of fucking AJ Green. I trust me. I have no fucking clue what Arizona was doing in that game. They looked fucking lost this week. Now, my hope is kind of that, you know, I have to see what the matchup is, of course. My hope is that they actually get a pretty decent matchup. Maybe not a slam dunk matchup. But one where people are really turned off by what happened this last week. And then possibly we can go back to Arizona in a GPP setting. But for right now, I can't really trust them in cash, but... It kind of is what it is, and I do apologize that this podcast is kind of all over the place, but uh, if you do have any questions on certain players for this week's pickups, get those questions in there. DM me on Twitter, DM me on Instagram, at RoyDog underscore 13, or hit me up on Facebook. You can hit me up through Messenger, Dennis M. Roy over there. Um, you will pretty much know it's me if you look at the feed and you see nothing but uh, just irrelevant TikToks. But, hey, that's kind of it. It's kind of all I can really go through and talk about uh, outside of just saying, no, I would not pick up Mike Lennon unless you're like me in the worst uh, possible super flex league uh, that you could possibly be in where you have like basically 30 bench spots and I'm exaggerating on that but there's way too many Uh, my commissioner in that league is a total fucking tool when it comes to uh, making a league I've let that be known throughout throughout the couple years that he's put a league together so but uh yeah, got any questions? Let me know. Um, I'm here for you. I might not answer them right away. Uh, might wait until a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, when I'm home, I can kind of look at some stuff. Uh, but definitely Tuesday night. And always remember, always remember, if you have questions, get them in before. I try to ask to get them in before 7 o'clock. Just because I do work nights in terms of I have to be up anywhere between midnight and 2. So I'd like to get some sleep and not have questions at, say, 9 o'clock at night where, you know, I have to answer you as much as I possibly can even when I'm extremely fucking tired. But with that being said... Watch your mouths. Don't get yourselves canceled. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace.